0: Welcome to the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. If you had the opportunity, would you go swimming with great white sharks? I'd like to think with the proper support group I could do it. However, the thought of being in the middle of the ocean... Hundreds of miles from anywhere, with giant sharks swirling around me, seems like it might quickly make me think I've made the wrong choice in life. Yet for Dr. Neil Hammerschlag, swimming with great whites, tiger sharks, great hammerheads, and many other species of shark, is just another day at the office. Dr. Hammerschlag is a marine ecologist and research associate professor at the University of Miami Rosenstiel School of Marine and Atmospheric Science and Abyss Center for Ecosystem Science and Policy. Today, he joins me to talk about sharks, as well as one of my favorite weeks of the year, Shark Week. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida sports network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Dr. Neil Hammerschlag is one of the world's foremost experts on sharks. He's a Shark Week regular on Discovery Channel, who has also appeared on National Geographic, Good Morning America, and most other major media outlets. Today, we learn more about Dr. Hammerschlag, sharks, and much more. Dr. Hammerschlag, I can't tell you what an honor it is to have you today. Thanks for joining me on the podcast.
1: Yeah, it's super cool to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with some background. So I read you were born in South Africa and at just three years old, you would act like you had two liter bottles that were air tanks so you could pretend scuba dive. So that's awesome. So is your family native to South Africa? And at what age did you realistically say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to research sharks for a living?
1: It's a great question. So, um, yeah, my family's native to South Africa. My parents are born there and grandparents are born there. And, uh, we you know i grew up there as a kid and when i was seven my family emigrated to canada actually um uh to to give uh their children a better life and so i lived there i went to university of toronto and then um actually i was always like in love with the ocean and and luckily as a kid my parents you know took us for vacation around the ocean and so i really love the ocean and you know going to school i was you know, I figured why not go into the sciences because um, you know that if you've got a scientific background, you know, I like, would be really cool to do something like marine biology. But you know, if that didn't work out, a science background, you know, you could go into medicine or, or something like that is a pretty good fallback plan. So um, when I was, it wasn't really like shark focused actually. And when I was in school at the University of Toronto, we didn't have oceans. You know, Toronto is landlocked. Um, <laughs> we got some, we got some lakes, but no oceans. So in my kind of summer and spring and winter breaks, I would try to get some hands-on experience doing marine science just to see what it's like. Um, so I'd volunteer with different research groups and, you know, did all different types of research in the marine realm. And I did one that was a shark one out in California and it blew me away. It just, the animals blew me away, The the hands-on field research and you know, I was trying to educate myself and I was educating myself then reading a lot about sharks. And that time kind of science was coming out saying, you know, sharks are in a lot of trouble. Their populations are declining. So at that time, I uh, kind of was like, well, we don't know a lot about them. Their populations is declining. And I really love this type of research and love interacting with the animals. Like I'm going to make this my career and just kind of
0: jumped right in and it's gone on from there. Wow. So, when did you come to the United States then, and how long have you been at the University of Miami?
1: So, I uh, I, I came to the United States to do my master's originally in two thousand and two, and then two thousand four I went to the University of Miami to do my PhD. Graduated in two
0: thousand nine, and then started as a faculty in two thousand ten, and have been there ever since. Oh, wow. Very cool. So I actually, I live up in Brevard County, which is home to Cocoa Beach. And just north of us in Volusia County is New Smyrna Beach, which is the shark bite capital of the United States. And where I live, Brevard, we're number two in shark bite. So why is the east central Florida coast the one where so many shark incidents are occurring?
1: Great question. Uh, What I can say is a few things. Uh, One is, you know, Coastal, you know, if you think about United States, right, then, you know, the, where's the the easiest coastal tropical area, you know, other, you know, where is, is kind of Southeast United States off of, and particularly Florida. So, and most sharks are, you know, most sharks are cold-blooded. I mean, there's only, you know, a handful, less than a handful of sharks that are, are, are able to kind of be, have warm blood, meaning they can go into really cold waters, but, for the most part most sharks like to spend time in warmer water and there's certainly more sharks uh in in warm water areas and you know if you think about continental u.s where people go in the water you know where it's warm there's not many too many options you know and the most populous is is florida so i'd say the one thing is florida's got you know kind of the most people in 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 the water probably in the u.s uh would be my guess in warm water where there's also a lot of sharks and the second thing is along the coastline especially up there with New Smyrna and other places in Florida, those are actually places that get decent waves. So you have a lot of surfers in that area. So those are those are surfing hotspots. And a lot of those areas also have relatively poor water quality and also a lot of nutrients. Um, so you have a lot of nutrients equal a lot of fish because there's a lot more, there's a lot of the nutrients kind of fertilize the food web. You got lot, decent waves in Florida, so it means there's a lot of people out surfing a little further from shore, so the water's breaking. And uh, you got a lot of people in the water, and that's an area where there's also just a lot of sharks, too.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like, I think, uh, bull sharks are the ones that seem to do a lot of the damage in New Smyrna Beach, but is there it, what is there a variance of sharks up in, in that area, or is it just kind of like they're all out there?
1: No, there's a lot of different them. There's no variant there. And in fact, I would probably say the most are black tips. So they're they're smaller sharks. Most of those attacks are pretty minor. Although it's the shark bite capital of the world, uh, the the bites are actually really really minor, and most of them are small coastal species, mostly black tip sharks. I think you know black tips kind of look like black tips and bull sharks look really similar, and I think it's easy for most people to just say that oh, was a bull shark, you know, because they have a bad reputation and it sounds better. Uh, but in, in fact, I think it's it's mostly black tips that are probably seeing, you know, the, the bottoms of
0: feet or, you know, hands in, in murky water and thinking it, 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 it's a fish or something like that. Yeah. You know, we in journalism, until we get it confirmed that it's actually a shark bite, you know, if we're posting something online, we can't say a shark bite if we don't know. So we'll use almost like silly terms, like it was a, you know, a toothed sea creature or things like that. And, you know, a toothy sea creature, I believe is what we, we've called it in the past. And I've often wondered what else out there could bite you off the coast if it's not a shark?
1: I would say a barracuda, uh, uh, you know, and, and definitely a barracuda. And surprising, uh, there's like sometimes these, these little trigger fish that, that can bite you and it, it kind of hurts. <laughs> People don't
0: taste good to sharks, do they?
1: No, not at all. And we're very lucky that's the case. Um, in Almost all shark bites are shark bites and lets go, uh, and doesn't come back, which tells us that they're not there to eat us and that we probably don't taste very good. Cause if that was the case, uh, sharks would, you know, would not only bite you and keep biting you, uh, but also would be pretty much completely unsafe for any human to, to go in the ocean. So we're very, very fortunate that humans aren't on the menu for, for sharks.
0: <laughs> I guess I feel a little better. <laughs> So what is like your daily activity? Like, you know, you're probably in different spots of the world. I mean, do, do you spend a ton of time in Miami, you know, kind of going over your findings or are you always out on a boat? Like, what well, what's it like uh, to do the job of a researcher like you do?
1: I think, um, I think it's, it's, it's a lot different than most people think we're not always out on the boat kind of getting to spend time, you know, uh, working on our tan and diving under the water and just out on this expedition. I think that's that's certainly the most exciting in part and certainly the stuff you see on TV. But most of the time, you know, professional marine biologists is is spent behind a desk um, and that and and what we're doing is, you know, having to to write up our findings and analyze data or we're having to write grant proposals to try uh, fund that research. So we rely on, on getting grants from the government or foundations. So we spend a tremendous amount of time, you know, kind of writing up a grant and proposing ideas and trying to get those funded. And then after we've done the research, we spend even more time, uh, you know, behind the desk, analyzing data sets, you know, looking for trends and patterns, reading the scientific literature,
0: and then writing that, that up. Because we're a sports podcast and we love top five lists, I, I have to ask you, what are your top five favorite sharks?
1: Oh, yeah. That's an easy one for me because I love sharks and I love to spend time with them in the water, particularly. I would say number one on my list is the tiger shark. Um, you know, first of all, absolutely massive. Spending time in the water with, with a tiger shark is, is just mind-blowing to me because they're so huge and surprisingly actually really slow uh and they've got these you know kind of these amazing big eyes that are you know actually really expressive there's a lot of like these cool coloring and kind of hues of brown and then you know they've got these these kind of stripes along on their back uh which as as a when they're small are more prominent when they get bigger they're more blotchy and, and bands but it creates this really awesome pattern so i love tiger sharks Number two, I'd have to say great hammerhead shark, Um, you know, great hammerheads are, are kind of unbelievably cool. I mean, they're, you know, you've got a shark, but then it's got a hammer for a head and, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing that, how they move in the water and just, you know, the great hammerhead is the biggest of the hammerhead species. They've got this huge, you know, hammer. They've got this very large sickle fin, dorsal fin, and they're super smart and they cruise in and you can see that there, the way they look at you, they're trying to, make some calculations and figure out what's going on. It's pretty clear. And so they're super curious and it's it's pretty cool to be checked out by great hammerhead. Uh, after that, I would say there's, you know, a lot of species that are, that are fun to dive with, but are uh, certainly not uh, as high up on my list as the great hammerhead and tiger shark. Um, I would say then, you know, super cool to be around make a shark super fast um just absolutely sleek design gorgeous you know a bullet shape you know literally you know literally a bullet uh with with fins um then the blue shark this amazing blue sheen uh huge paddle like fins and then i would say the oceanic white tip which wow, what an experience to get in the water with them because when they come towards you, they are not shy. Probably the boldest shark you can swim with. Uh, They don't, don't hold back. They'll come right up to you. And they've got these amazing white blotches on the tips of all their fins, which are,
0: you know, very large, very large, kind of disproportionately large fins with these white blotches on them, which is really spectacular. So the great white didn't make your top five list.
1: I listen, I love the, I love the great white, but, um, you know, they're, they're too smart. Um, they, you know, the great whites are ambush predators. It's thrilling to be diving with great whites, but they kind of sneak up on you. Um, and so, you know, my experience with great whites has been in a cage and it's thrilling, but, you know, they come in and they sneak up on you out of nowhere. And those experiences are, are incredible and certainly a rush, but you, it's not like a prolonged encounter where you can be outside of the cage and kind of. I don't know, really get to check them out in detail. Um, you, know, I, you know, it's really, I love all the sharks, but uh, I'm just saying what it, being in the water, you know, my top five.
0: Have you ever been in the water with a whale shark?
1: I have actually, and it's, it's pretty amazing too. And, you know, they're super large, um, but they're generally just cruising and they're really fast. So it's hard to keep up with them. They look like they're slow, but when you're that big, even slow, they move really quickly.
0: Oh wow, that's really neat. Never think of it that way. So, you know, we're in the middle of Shark Week right now, which is hugely popular. It's grown over the years. And, you know, I love watching it every year. And I have probably for at least 15 years. When were you first asked to be on Shark Week? And what was your reaction? Like, wow, you know, I finally made it? Or had you been on other big shows before? What was that like? Um, So I'd done like a bunch
1: of small cameo, you know, like not really not being featured or anything, but certainly like just having a few sound bites on a various of shows, you know, on TV, including a couple of Shark Week. But then in 2016, you know, I was approached um, to cover my research in a like a full uh, feature show. And that was my first one that year. I actually had three big features on Shark Week. And that was a really exciting thing. I mean, I think to me, it wasn't, you know, I don't, to me, I don't see, I don't feel like you've made it when you've been on shark week per se. I see that as, um, you know, because I think it's an incredible opportunity to educate people. And for me, I was just really wanting to make sure that, you know, I had an opportunity to tell the world about sharks. The information that I was presenting would be, uh, accurate and informative, but also that it'd be entertaining so that, um, people would be really engaged and that hopefully I could do it again. And, you know, so my goal was to be, you know, accurate, um, and factual and entertaining and, you know, doing, doing justice to the science and doing justice to the sharks. And that's really what I was thinking about.
0: You got to do a show with Shaquille O'Neal, didn't you?
1: I didn't do one with Shaquille
0: O'Neal, but I've done one
1: with Michael Phelps. I've done one with, uh, the, I've done one with, I did one with uh, the, the show Shark Tank. Who else? I've done one with Gronk. Uh, I did one. You know, when you talk about sports, I was out. You know, took took Shark took uh, Gronk I took him diving with tiger sharks, which was hilarious. Um, I who else? There's a there's a bunch of of celebrities that I've
0: had the opportunity
1: to to engage uh, with sharks, which was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, Rob Gronkowski seems like he would be one of the most fun people on earth. What was it like being around him? Um, it was, it was fun.
1: I mean, he, you know, he's, um, I liked it because, you know, when it came to sharks, you know, he under, you know, I, I got the sense that he has been coached because, you know, he was, he wanted to learn and, you know, he looked at me and said, listen, like, I don't know sharks, you know, I'm listening to you. I don't want to get bit. I want to be respectful. And, you know, and so it was kind of cool being able, and he took instruction really well. And so that was, that was cool. But, I guess the part I liked most is watching him come down in the water because, um, you know, it was the least graceful thing I've ever seen is Gronk uh, descending to, to the bottom of, of the ocean. I mean, it it was a, it was just so weird looking. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it, when he hit the bottom, you know, we brought the, the sharks really close. And I think, you know, there's this feeling that if there's other people there swimming with sharks, you know, or, or something like that sometimes... You tell yourself, well, you know, it's it might be like an amusement park that everything's safe, right? But it was the wild. So, you know, when you had a cool shark pass, you know, sharks swim by him, you know, big, big thumbs up, you know, kind of really stoked about him I and I had to remind him, like, keep your eye on the sharks. Like, these are wild animals. You can't, you know, the, you got you can't celebrate yet, you know, just watch it what you're doing. So, um, so it was it was a great time and he took instruction well and he learned a lot. It was pretty amazing to, you know, tell him a lot of facts. And then, you know, later when he was doing his interviews, um, you know, he was repeating those. So he, you know, he obviously learned quickly and it was great that he was able to take that and communicate that to a huge audience.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. You know, one of my favorite shows that they do each year is the Air Jaws show. And I believe you've been a part of those, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it looks cool on TV because they just show, you know, an amazing shark breach and, you know, the, the one this year where they're using, uh, you know, sound to try and figure out some different things about sharks and their breaches, but it looks great in a one-hour show, but how long are you out there waiting just to get a couple of really good breaches? I mean, is that an all-day thing? Does it happen pretty quickly? You know, what's it like actually living through that?
1: It can be. It can be very painful, and it can be painful because uh, sometimes it's it's absolutely, you know, you drop the sealed decoy in and it's a hit right away. And sometimes it's, you know, the sharks never show up. And so you never really know. And you got to be super ready all the time, because if you blink, you miss it. So you have to be kind of like super engaged all the time in the most heightened sense, you know, hand on on the trigger in terms of your camera, you know, staring at a little dot on the ocean, you know, through through a tiny little lens, you know, uh, you know, and and uh, it could happen immediately, it could happen five minutes later, or it could happen hours later. So it, it you know, it can, and on TV, all you see is the, the highlight reel.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I always... It's
1: usually freezing cold, uh, and no one really, you know, <laughs> understands that, you know, sitting there with your fingers, like, clenched to a camera or something, and it's freezing, it's just, camera becomes really heavy very quickly.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I love the reactions of Chris Fallows. He has one of the most uh, energetic reactions. And, you know, I, I think Andy Casagrande, I've seen a ton of shows with him. He looks certifiable to go diving the way he does. But th- those are such really cool shows.
1: Yeah, Chris is the best. Um, really close friend of mine, very close colleague, very close collaborator, one of my, my best friends for a couple decades. And, you know, fortunate i have done shows with him. I've done research with him. And his his enthusiasm is is Definitely real, and the best part about his celebration after seeing a breach is when you know we get to mimic it, you know whatever happens, you know we go
0: for dinner and someone gives us a plate of food we you know
1: unbelievable you know
0: <laughs> so, yeah it's it's fun that's great, well, you know i a couple of news stories I want to ask you about now there's one and and they've done shows on this too, but just recently they're finding more great white sharks that have been killed by the, these orcas off of South Africa, who are apparently hunting great whites and eating their livers. You know, is this changing the patterns of where great whites are going to be showing up down there? Is it just like these two orcas or, you know, what's going on in South Africa with, with all of these shark deaths?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's problematic. I mean, I think we don't really fully understand you know the extent to which the orcas are impacting the white shark population or the ecosystem impacts but there's definitely something going on that my colleagues are studying and, and i'm also studying now as well um with my colleagues and you know one thing i can say is that you know the population of white sharks are is already really stressed because you know they take so long to reproduce you know they're 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 in their 20s before they can begin to to reproduce and um they're being they're threatened by overfishing and and habitat degradation and so their population is already like uh, i believe uh, on you know pretty uh on thin ice i would say and then to have you know just a few additional mortalities i think can can potentially cause potentially trigger you know the tipping point for, for the population and to have these orcas coming in and certainly they are killing white sharks to how many and what that means for the population, I think is still unknown, and that 's something that we 're hoping to figure out and you know there's there 's some evidence now that the white sharks are you know certainly being displaced uh, by the orcas, so the ones that aren 't killed are appear to run away for a short period of time, um, after which you know they may or may not come back so we still we still have to better understand what 's going on, but there 's certainly you know the thing that it's it's a dynamic situation.
0: Yeah, This other story I want to ask you about, I just read about this in in the past few days. Now, you have this Greenland shark, which is believed to be up to 400 years old. And for people listening, just to give you an idea of 400 years ago, Rembrandt was a teenager. So to think that there was an animal that's been around for that long, and they have found one near Belize, which is 4,200 miles away from where they normally are. So number one, how does a Greenland shark get that far away from home and survive because I think I read that they believe it was blind. And number 2, how does a shark live 400 years? Yeah. So first of all,
1: uh some of the greenland sharks have been estimated to be, you know, over 500 years old. I mean, we're talking like what's that twice the age of the United States? I don't even know. So, uh you know, the the, the I mean, 500 years like think about that, you know? Um it's insane. And so the that's one thing. And then second thing is I would say, um, they are blind, but, you know, they kind of follow their nose. They're, they're probably various ways. They might be navigating. They'll navigate with temperature. They'll navigate with smell, um, what they're doing over there, how they get there. Who knows? I mean, the thing about it is that a lot of these animals usually occupy really deep water and, um, you know, they're, occupy really deep water and um they might just you know remain undetected swimming through really deep water up until that point i mean it's 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 bonkers i would say for sure you know here's an animal we thought was a an arctic species i would say showing up in an area that's that's super tropical you know did it did it get lost or <laughs> is it you know
0: are there more who knows didn't stop to ask that's for just directions. Shows you how
1: much we don't know
0: yeah well, and you know they always whenever they mention a Greenland shark, it's always you know could be up to four hundred years old. Do they make new greenland sharks like are there ten year old greenland sharks out there that could now live another four hundred years
1: yeah exactly they only take these greenland sharks are are, are 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 you know for the best of our the calculations are estimated to only reach sexual maturity and able to reproduce when they're one hundred and fifty. 150 before they they, ha- they reproduce i mean so yeah they're probably not giving birth that often. who knows but when they are it's going to take a you know they, there's going to be some 10 year olds out there one year old you know five month year old but they're gonna they might not reproduce until they're 150 so if they're not going to reproduce until 150 then yeah i guess
0: you know life in the slow lane you, you live
1: to be 400 500 years old
0: well, let's hope for their sake, the world will still be around to inhabit in 150 years. But that's a conversation for another podcast. um, You know, you've been all over the world from the murk of South Africa to the crystal waters of the Bahamas. Is there one place that you love to go more than any to do your research or to w- look at sharks? You know, where where is your favorite place?
1: Well, I'd say in terms of research, that really has to do with the question. And they all excite me. I love doing research. And, you know, I would say... It's whatever the research question is, and and I think in the objectives and things like that. But in terms of going out and swimming with sharks, diving with sharks, the Bahamas, it's just so easy for you know so easy for me. It's the you know it's the easiest diving, and you see it's just maximum shark action. Um, the you know there's certain place you know Bahamas. Fortunately, 20 years ago plus they banned uh, longline fishing, commercial longline fishing. That is, is really destructive uh, you know, kind of indiscriminate fishing practice that they had the foresight of banning over twenty years ago. And then even in around two thousand twelve, they they made their waters a shark sanctuary where it's illegal to kill uh or target sharks from fishing. And so the shark population of the Bahamas are some of the healthiest in the world. And, you know, for it being warm water, calm water, and you know, not really hard to get to from the continental US, certainly from Florida, it's just for me my favorite.
0: Yeah. To me, some of the most beautiful video and photos you can see are the tiger sharks in that crystal blue water. And you can see the stripes on the shark so well. And it it really is just an incredible looking thing. So I could definitely see how that could be the, you know, one of the greatest places to be. So, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this being somebody who has studied sharks for as long as you do. Are you a fan of the original Jaws movie? Because I find it to be one of the most captivating movies ever made.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how captivating that movie is. You kind of set it off. I mean, it's a thriller. It is just so cool. The characters are so, they're so unique and defined. And I think, you know, it's interesting. It's, it, it, it certainly scares you. It scares you from swimming in the swimming pool. But at the same time, that fear also has that fascination. I think for many actually shark scientists that, you know, Jaws actually helped, I would say, stimulate an interest in sharks and even a career because it just, you know, you've got that fear and fascination often go along,
0: you know, hand in hand. When you see like how far, I guess, shark research has come since then and you watch that movie and it still stands up over time, they probably should have never made the next three. I think uh, <laughs> Jaws 3 may be one of the worst movies ever made, but boy, that first one, they just hit the mark and you're right. I think it helped people realize You know, we don't know much about this mysterious creature. And, you know, I think it's helped people kind of overcome a fear of of sharks to learn that they're not these, you know, they're not just out to hunt people, which Jaws kind of, you know, made it seem there's this rogue shark out there. But, you know, do do you agree? There's no such thing as a rogue shark, is there?
1: No, I mean, that you know there's no evidence to support it really i mean and it's so that would be really hard to prove um thing is sharks usually are pretty mobile the big ones you know, certainly great whites they have areas that they they might prefer and they have their own you know personalities and their own migration routes but from what we can tell you know bites are usually shark mistakes and so you know the idea of a shark you know biting someone developing a taste for it and coming back to that area repeatedly to to find people um is is pretty pretty far-fetched and should remain in the movies
0: yeah so what are your next assignments what are you working on next are you looking into any particular uh i guess you'd say stories with sharks of trying to figure things out or where where are you head, heading off to next yeah i got to keep
1: all of some of that stuff on, on 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 top secret but no but in in general uh, a lot of cool research going on in, in by my team and, and our lab and i'm very proud of some amazing students doing work and you know their work and together we're valuing various aspects of shark behavior and ecology we're trying to better understand the effects of climate change on shark behavior and migration patterns and what it means for their conservation we are you know looking at how um actually sharks can tell us a bit about the climate itself we're looking to see we're using the data gathered from the tags we place on sharks to actually better measure the, the the ocean conditions and the climate of the ocean, and use that information to actually help with forecasting weather patterns. Um, we're actively looking to see understand how you know what happens to ecosystems when sharks are removed, and and what are the kind of cascading ecosystem consequences of it. And we're also doing a lot of work to see how, you know, you know urbanization in terms of areas that um, have a high human population density and a lot of human impacts to the ocean in terms of light pollution, chemical pollution, noise pollution, boat traffic, what that means for, you know, the health and also the behavior of, of sharks in those areas.
0: Oh, very cool. Uh, is there anything I haven't asked you today that you might want to get in front of people about sharks?
1: yeah I would say that you know these animals are certainly misunderstood. There's over five hundred different species of sharks. And although a lot of people are afraid of sharks, you know, um I, I don't think that you know we should be afraid of sharks, but we should certainly respect them. They are top predators. And you know the same way we we often would respect lions or bears when if we were going into their habitats, we have to respect the fact that the sharks are the predators when we enter the ocean. And fortunately for us, they're not out to get us, but, you know, sharks actually have a lot more to fear from humans uh, than we do from them. And in fact, on average, about 100 million sharks are killed every single year, uh, mostly through overfishing for their meat and for their fins. And as a result, many shark populations declining. And, uh, you know, this is both, you know, an ecological problem, but it's, it's also, um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of sad because. Sharks add certainly this amazing, you know, excitement, mystery, and, and fascination to to the oceans and the planet. So, you know, I think the the world would be a, uh, certainly a lot more boring place uh, if if we didn't have the sharks out there doing their thing and, and keeping the oceans in balance.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. If people want to learn more about what you do or follow you along on social media, where can people do that?
1: Please uh, follow me at. Dr. Neil Hammer, Dr. N-E-I-L-H-A-M-M-E-R, Dr. Neil Hammer, and our lab, which is at Shark Tagging. Um, Please, at Shark Tagging, at Dr. Neil Hammer. And you can also follow us on, check out our website, sharktagging.com.
0: All right. Very good. Everybody check that out. And again, Dr. Neil, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it is for you joining me. I have to be honest with you. When I was discussing a couple of weeks ago, you know, hey, I want to do my annual Shark Week podcast. My wife goes, you should get Dr. Neil Hammerschlag. And I was like, good idea. University of Miami ties to the state. And here we are talking. So I do. I really appreciate it. You know, I've enjoyed following your work. And, uh, you know, again, thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, Thank you so much. And thank your wife for me
0: all right well hey bonus points for me i mentioned her to you <laughs> cool cool all right well thank you again dr Neal. i appreciate it take care all the best and that will do it for this episode of the state of florida sports podcast i'm tim walters this week i'll quote marine biologist oceanographer explorer author and lecturer sylvia Earle. sharks are beautiful animals and if you're lucky enough to see lots of them that means that you're in a healthy ocean You should be afraid if you are in the ocean and don't see sharks. Ponder that and join me again next time.